0: Hey, I'm Dylan Walsh, and I am the next guest on On Screen and
1: Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond. Brian Zimrak. Thank you for stopping by for another edition of On Screen Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimrack. This is episode 427 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond... Dylan Walsh is going to be joining us. Of course, you remember Dylan from starring in Nip Tuck on TV and Unforgettable most recently. And also he was in the movie Nobody's Fool. And now he has a new movie out. It's available right now on Video On Demand. It's called C Street. It's a political satire you got to check it out. It's a wacky role for him. It's not like we usually see him in. It's kind of a fun movie, so Dylan's going to tell us all about it. He's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you're going to stick around for that. And we've got all kinds of information coming your way this week. As usual, we have remakes, we have upcoming new movies, and why don't we get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a remake of High Noon, the classic Gary Cooper western, is in the works. This version, though, will be in the present day, and involve Mexican cartels and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll see what they do with that one. A remake of Robin Hood, the story of Robin Hood, but this one's going to be called Robin Hood, The Origins, is in the works. And get this, Jamie Foxx is going to be playing Little John. And a remake of A Star is Born, we've talked about that before, is coming our way. It's going to star Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. It's going to be coming our way in 2017. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, it looks like Robert De Niro is going to be starring in... The Wizard of Lies. And this is a film about the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scam. And uh, that's coming your way in 2017. Charlize Theron, well, she's going to star in Tully in 2017. It's uh, listed as a comedy about motherhood. And Ben Kingsley will star in An Ordinary Man. It's about a war criminal who's hiding and he forms a relationship with his only connection to the outside world is made that's it for upcoming new movies next on on screen and beyond let's take a peek at what's coming away as far as sequels as we head to sequel city right here on on screen and beyond another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast
0: lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
1: super trooper 2 and you can look for that in 2017 and jungle book 2 has been announced and john Favreau he's going to be at the helm once again and speaking of john Favreau, well he's going to executive produce an untitled avengers movie in 2019 that's it for sequel city coming up next on screen and beyond let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as tv on dvd TV on DVD, well, we got a mixture here. We've got some that I've already had a chance to review and look over and uh, some that are on their way. Well, as far as Twin Peaks, the original series, Fire Walk With Me and The Missing Pieces Blu-ray comes out on September 20th. And uh, had an opportunity to look that one over. It looks like it's a great series. Uh, and also, like you say, the movies are in on that one. And it's a nice little packaging, too. And let's see, Time Life, uh, they're going to be releasing on September 27th, The Wonder Years, the complete sixth season. And I have that in my greasy little hands right now. And that is, of course, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's The Wonder Years. It's a great show, has a lot of good stuff in it. And if you you don't have the complete package yet, you want to make sure to get this season because it's a great one. A lot of great music in it, too. And let's see, Perry Mason, The Complete Series, will be hitting stores on October 4th. And Zoo, the second season, will arrive on December 6th. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen Be Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? <laughs> movies on DVD. X-Men Apocalypse arrives on DVD and Blu-ray on October 4th. And October 11th, Ghostbusters. They're the ones you're going to call with Melissa McCarthy as it hits stores. And Independence Day resurgence lands on october 18th and that's it for movies on dvd next on On screen to be on it's tv and entertainment time tv and entertainment time i'm only going to give you one thing this week uh, it's a sad one but uh charmian carr who played lisa in the sound of music has passed away at the age of 73 And she was a guest here at On Screen and Beyond. I had a chance to interview her in person, and she talked a lot about the movie and things she's done. And you can check that out. That was back in 2013 on episode 270 of On Screen and Beyond. So if you'd like to hear uh, Charmian talk about uh, her career and the things that happened on The Sound of Music, be sure to check that out. And uh, our thoughts go out to her family. And that's it for TV and entertainment time here at On Screen and Beyond. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. <singing> there,
0: there, 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 we baked you a birthday cake. If you get a
1: tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Notices. Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday! <heartfelt> Celebrity birthdays, well, September 20th, Sophia Loren turns 82 years old. And on September 21st, Bill Murray turns 66. On September 22nd, Debbie Boone. she light up your life, and she's 60. And September 23rd, The Boss, Bruce Springsteen, turns 67 years old. On uh, September 24th, past guest twice here on On Screen and Beyond, Kevin Sorbo turns 58. And on September 25th, Will Smith turns 48. And Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, turns 65. That's it as far as celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, September 23rd, Karen D. of Fairbanks, Alaska, turns 43. So we wish you a very happy birthday. And if you, friend or relative, have a birthday coming up and you want to celebrate it with all of us listeners here at On Screen To Beyond, be sure to send the information to me at feedback at onscreentobeyond.com, and we will be sure to get that out to the entire listening audience of on screen and beyond all over the world. And we all wish you a very happy birthday. That's it for celebrity birthdays coming up next on on screen and beyond. Get ready. Dylan Walsh is going to be here and we're going to be talking about C street, his new movie, political satire, crazy movie. You got to watch it. It's on VOD right now. So you can check it out on video on demand. And uh, Dylan's going to tell us all about it. Dylan Walsh next right here on, on screen and beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who is known for many roles on TV, including on Brooklyn South, Gabriel's Fire, Nip Tuck, and Unforgettable. His movie roles include Nobody's Fool, Congo, and Lake House. His latest movie is Sea Street, a political satire, and it's out now on Video On Demand. It's Dylan Walsh. Dylan, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks for having me. Dylan... uh, You've had a great career, a lot of great TV shows you've been on, and now here you are. You've been in many movies, but your latest is C-Street. Let us know a little bit about the movie, about your role in it and how you got involved with the movie and all that. Well, first of all, I've been lucky to do a lot of different movies of
0: different sized budgets. And of course they're the ones where you make some money and maybe they're not that interesting. (laughs) And then they're the ones like C street, which is like doing sort of doing a high school play. And I don't mean it to put it down, except that everybody's doing it just because they want to, because they're not going to make any money. And there's a whole different vibe on a set when you're working on a movie like that. So first of all, I always like going back to that because it is like going back to my roots and where I started, and just the sheer joy of, of trying to do something a little different. C Street was different because it's kind of a well, it is a farce, and so you know, while I'm at that time, I was doing Unforgettable, which is kind of very straight procedural television, mm-hmm. and to go and play Senator Fallon, uh, who is one of these politicians who who uh, tells everybody about you know all his Morals and how conservative he is, and and then meanwhile he's you know he's he's misbehaving in the bedroom and, <laughs> and uh, has many mistresses and that sort of thing. But it it the genre is really like a farce, like a bedroom farce with doors slamming and people appearing, and then suddenly he's got a tie wrapped around his head. I mean, it's silly. There's a level of silliness that that makes it as an for an actor um, challenging because then you've got to make it real, but but. Um, also it's different it's something that kind of kind of shakes up your your what you're used to and uh, believe me sometimes some like doing four years of unforgettable i felt like i needed to kind of break out of that um, so that's how it came along it was no money it was something that was a fun read and that character was just something over the top fun to play mhm
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a chance to watch the movie, and uh, it 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 is very funny. The way you've uh, acted in that role, it's it's it's. it's, I was surprised because it's different from what I've seen you in other movies and things.
0: Yeah, and that was part of the point. I mean, a lot of times, any actor will tell you we're always looking for contrast, and um, because that's what kind of gets you get a charge out of it again. You know, it's like, and I say high school again. I mean, in high school. You might be 16 years old and have to play, you know, a grandpa, and then you just, you know, you put on a fake beard, whatever. <laughs> the point is you get used to it in high school, and then later you're professional. Everything gets honed down and streamlined, and that you really just play what you're right for. So whenever you get a chance to do something that's kind of outlandish or silly or, or you know, like, like I said, it's not like I do a lot of farce, so it was a little tricky to pull it off. It was fun. It was a fun movie to do.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Geez. And and you didn't mention about the the cast in this film. This is quite a cast. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um I all of my stuff we shot together in four days because I had some scheduling problems. Wow. So I was just wall-to-wall me for four days, and people would come through, I'd shake their hands. (laughs) We'd do uh, an intense scene, fun scene, with very little rehearsal. That was the other thing about this. There wasn't time. You really had to come prepared as if you were going to do a play. Um, And great people. Carrie Lowell and I had worked years ago, so it was fun to see her and check in with her. Um, Evan and I had a good, good rapport from the beginning. And, uh, it was, like I said, it was, it was fun. Everybody clicked because they had to quickly. There was no room for, for, uh, problems. And, um, we all kind of, like I said, It really goes back to what I said before. Everybody's doing it for the joy of it. Mm, Period.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you know, and and Michael Gross was in the film, and Don Stark, and it 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 almost reminded me not not to the extent of a Mad 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 World, where uh, you know there were there were hundreds it seemed like of of different actors, but in this movie, you know, on a limited uh, amount of people uh it, it was like all of a sudden you say, oh, I, I, I remember him. And then, oh, yeah, there's Don Stark. And, then, <laughs> and then, you know, everybody was popping up all over the place. It was fun that way. It kind of went with what the what
0: the content was, which was just people appearing, in, you know, in odd kind of situations. And so that you sort of a double thing where it's the character, but also, oh, hey, there's him. Mm-hmm. There's Dylan Walsh with a mustache. I haven't right. seen that. <laughs>
1: And and you did a good job as being a, a sort of a a, a slimy politician.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and we're it's, it's not like we've never seen those
1: before. Yeah, no, uh, no, <laughs> it was fun to play that. Yeah. So, did you know uh, any of the directors or any or the writers or anything that that it, that got you into the film? I did not. It's one of these things that came to me through my
0: agent. Uh, and my agent felt the same way I did, which was, oh, this is a fun movie. If we can fit it in, because it's not about money. Mm-hmm. So we did fit it in. They were they were gracious enough on their end, the producers, to uh, redo the schedule so that, as I said, we just did all of my stuff, um, which was hectic. But I was also part of the fun. It was, it was just uh, I could get some rhythm going. That's the hardest thing with the class is that. You know, you show up, you shake people's hands. We're all a bit tentative and shy, and you got to jump into it. You got to, you got to be silly. You got to make a fool of yourself, and you got to get that kind of timing and that that sense of of a farce. So it all helped. It was it, I had never met any of those people before. Um, I'm not a real uh, extrovert, so you know, that first day of shaking hands is a bit odd. But we jumped right into it, and I found everybody very supportive.
1: Yeah. Now, it, it, it's it's funny when you mentioned you're not an extrovert, and, and you know, of course, people think of actors as being extroverts a lot of yeah, times.
0: They, they do think that, and, and the irony is, is a lot of well, listen, there are so many that are there's so many sort of, I have it as a cliche actor type that I've, of course I've encountered so many times over 30 years. The ones who tell the overly long stories who are always a little bit, you know, exaggerating about things
1: who love to hear their own voice. And that's just not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it, now acting. Did it come to you at an early age?
0: The bug came early and I can tell you exactly what it was. I, we, my dad was in the Foreign Service. He was a diplomat. So we grew, I grew up in India, Indonesia, and Africa wow. until I was about... There. So in those years, I wasn't seeing movies the way other kids my age would. Um, even like something like Bambi, um, I missed and saw later. But there was one exception. We were on an army base um, for the day in uh, India, and they were showing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. My dad said, look, we've got to go and see this movie. And I sat in the movie theater, and I was maybe six years old. And I thought, whatever's going on up there, that is cool, (laughs) and I want to do that. (laughs) Now, how to go from being a kid living in India and seeing his first movie to being in movies is a long journey. But that's it comes from the magic of sitting in the theater and looking up there and saying, "Wow, this that looks fun. I want to be part of that."
1: Hmm. So, when did did you start acting? In college, or you know, how did it go from there?
0: Well, I took the first class, my mom was very supportive about it, and we were, you know, we settled after living abroad in Annandale, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C. And uh, there was a acting class sponsored by the county, and uh, she took me to that. And I, you know, by that time, I'm what I'm maybe 13, 14. And then it isn't until high school, and I, and, and I start acting in high school. And then I was lucky because I actually got a chance to, to, uh, to work at Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. I just played bit parts, bellhops and extras, that, to fill out a cast at Arena Stage. It was a great uh, education for me. And, and then I went to the University of Virginia, did a lot of plays, but I was an English major. And then finally, after that, I went to New York and jumped in, which meant waiting tables <laughs> and <laughs> taking acting
1: classes and and uh, finding my way. Now, did you continue to do uh, stage work, or did you just strictly try for movies and TV?
0: I went to New York because I wanted to do stage work, oh. and you know, once you're trying to be an actor, you follow whatever lead you know comes your way. And it just so happened that, that as I was there, the things that I would get callbacks on where I'd make some progress right away were uh, film and television. Um, so I, I would just follow that, which I kept getting flown to Los Angeles for little screen tests for things. And I started to get some momentum and worked on some things and <laughs> never got to do a play in New York until years later. So you just get swept up and, you know, you're trying to work and, uh, now, I sometimes regret not doing more theater in the early years in New York, but I was doing film and television.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, did, did, did you, do you like the uh, immediate response of the stage? I do, I do. And, and in the weirdest
0: way, a movie like C Street is the closest you can get when, in front of a camera because of the time constraint. You just have to start shooting so quickly. So as I said, I arrived at C Street the set having memorized all my lines. I could have performed any, like like the way you have to for a play, you have to be ready to do the whole thing. Um, and then that way you'd skip over some of the indecisiveness and the, you know, the fooling around to, to arrive at a, at a tennis scene. So it's a little bit like, like doing a play. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Do you remember your first, uh, paid acting role, uh, you know, as far as TV or movies?
0: Yeah, it was an educ. Again, I was still in high school, and and there was a educational film company in Washington D.C. that that was doing a little educational film about a, a boy my age, and it was about the subjects was loneliness, and it was one of these things. It, it, it kind of modeled after after school specials of the, the old days. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, I, they were going around high schools and having auditions, and I was lucky, and I got the part. Um, I remember thinking I was so excited to do it and I was shocked uh, on the Friday when they handed me a paycheck, <laughs> I didn't realize they were paying, <laughs> uh, but that, and then the, the, the shows I would do at arena stage and I would get a little bit of money for those. And then summer stock when I was still in Virginia, um, little stipend of money to barely, but to, to get paid to act seems so such an amazing thing. <laughs>
1: Now, uh, one of your earlier uh, shows that you were on was Kate and Alley. Now, you must have been yeah. thrilled when you got that show, right?
0: Yeah, and it's funny. It, you know, it was one of those local shows in New York, so I'm waiting tables, and it was shot at sh- at the at Sullivan Theater, um, where Letterman ended up, and then Stephen Colbert, I believe, is there now. But that's where the honeymooners have been. That's where the Beatles have gone through there. I mean, it was like a special place and it happens to be on Broadway. So even though I wasn't a Broadway play, I would tell everybody I'm on Broadway. Uh, I played, you know, one of the, the boyfriends of one of the daughters. Um, and it, it's funny cause there was a, a pool of actors in New York at that time. And so I played one part that was a one episode deal. And then a couple months go by and they have another part and, they called me in and they said, well, it's strange, but we want you to play a different character. So I could play two different characters on that show. And the second character lasted a little longer. He was, he was the boyfriend of one of the daughters. And so, uh, yeah, it was a good gig to go and, you know, go through the stage door at Sullivan Theater and do my day of work. Hmm.
1: now you've had the opportunity to work with uh, some some really legends I mean let's face it you know I mean working uh, on Nobody's Fool with uh, Paul Newman I mean you know and and all the other people that you've worked with is, is there anybody that you were really uh, you know just overly in awe of, of working with?
0: Yeah you you. you picked him right there, Paul Newman was the the greatest honor to to be with that guy and to watch him work, and he was the lead and I, I, you know, you learn things in acting classes, but there's nothing comes close to, to what you pick up when you're there with somebody like him, and I'd watch him, how you would always kind of start to look at the next scene, but he'd try to stay in the present tense, and how there might be something from a previous scene that he'd want to bring into the next one, how you layer a performance basically. And, and not to mention the guy was just a wonderful person. A lot of times you meet these people and I hate to say it, they're, they're disappointing because they could never live up to it. Mm -hmm. He was the opposite. He was, he was easy to talk to. He told the worst jokes. He, (laughs) he would, he's a good listener. Um, I learned a lot from him, but boy, so many people over the years, James Earl Jones was another one. Mm -hmm. I got to do a season of a TV show called Gabriel Spire with him. It was a season that he won the Emmy for. So, I was standing next to him on a daily basis, soaking that up. And on Nip Tuck, we had the greatest guest stars ever. Uh, you know, Vanessa Redgrave would come in, and um, it, it, Catherine Deneuve, and it went on. The list went on and on. Jill Clayburgh was one of the ones that stood out for me. She was wonderful to work with. Um, yeah, that's probably the greatest thing about that
1: show: the how Ryan Murphy was able to lure such talent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Nip Tuck, and I noticed in, and maybe it's just my mind, because I remember you from Nip Tuck, nip-tuck, uh, you know, seeing you all on that show, but there was a, a line in uh, the C Street film where you sort of, you mentioned something about, I can't remember the exact line, but something about cosmetic surgery and things like that. Was that the writers uh, sort of making a little wink and a nod? That's
0: funny. I'm not remembering it, I, but... I like I said, we shot it over four days. Oh, right. Like I had rush. I can't. But no, I don't think so. I think that would have been. And with respect to that, I, I there's an accident like that where oh, that's a little odd. I, I try to own, you know, try to deliver it in a way. But yeah, of course, that's uh, that's going to ring a couple bells. Yeah. Cause
1: when I saw that, I thought, hmm, I wonder if the writers wrote that, you know, <laughs> just to sort of to, to make right. a little wink, you know. But, they might have, actually. Yeah. Now, now speak, speaking of Nip Tuck, um, how did you get that show? Was that something they were looking for you, or did you go to an audition, or what?
0: Combination. Ryan had written it and had seen me recently, and I've never been clear on what he saw. I, I'd like to think it was nobody's fool, but I'm actually not sure. And later, talking to a friend, a mutual friend, Bill Condon, who's a director, was friends with Ryan at the time, and he actually was a big fan of mine. We never worked together, but he had said something to Ryan about me. So that I was kind of percolating in his head as a possible uh, actor to play Sean McNamara. And on sheer coincidence, I was in a cafe in L.A. called King's Road, and just when Ryan was meeting with some producers to discuss casting, (laughs) and he was in there, and he comes up to me, and I didn't know him from, from anywhere. He, nobody knew him at that time. And he proceeded to tell me about this pilot and that I'd be good for it. And I thought, oh, God, is this, is this the waiter? Who is this? It's like another. It's like It happens so often in L.A. It's mm-hmm. everybody's got script, and they think you're right for it. And, and I wasn't very, very nice to him. Um, it sounded interesting. By the time I got home, there was a script on my doorstep. I read it. It's to this day one of the best. TV pilot scripts I ever read. So now when I finally come in to meet with Ryan, now the table has turned and I'm nervous and I'm trying to be really, really uh, impressive. And he sort of sits there nodding at me like, uh-huh. You thought I was a waiter, didn't you? <laughs> um, so, and then from there, you know, you still have to jump through the hoops. You've got to do it for, for the Warner Brothers people. Then we had to do it for the FX people. Um And I would see Julian trying to win his role, and we would sort of talk a little bit. And then finally, there was a day where they said, "It's you, two. Wow!
1: So. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, as the average viewers, we don't realize what you're going through to to get those parts, or or you know, the process of how the parts are given out. And it's it's just amazing to hear what you have to go through. It's not like one day and all of a sudden, yeah, you're it. You know. No, it's a process. And I tell you, if you, you look back, it's easy to forget those parts. But
0: I I would read for, for instance, I get with several other actors would go in for me, for my role, and I'd go in for Warner Brothers. And then I would get a call later from Ryan Murphy, who would give me notes. But he's also calling the other actors, mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones I'm competing against. and gives them notes. And, it's, and, and then you go in the next day for the the, um, network. And, you know, it is, it's, it's, but it's a good test. Um, because if you get through that process and you win that role, you are all the more certain in what you're doing and you can settle into it pretty quickly because you, you really learn it. Um, you really, uh, you've committed to it already in a, in a harrowing process so that coming to the set is going to be easy, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was an amazing role. I mean, you guys did such a great job on that show. I was sad to see it go.
0: (laughs) I was sad to see it go, too. We had fun doing it. It did feel in the last season or two that we were kind of repeating the hijinks, craziness. Um, But, you know, it was always fun. I tell people, because I've also done the procedural, as I said. Unforgettable is pretty... Straightforward procedural, Mm -hmm. and boy, the joy of going to work. Well, also the challenge. It was was pretty stressful. But going to work on Nip Tuck, it was like going to a circus every day. I might, I might do a heavy, really well-written family scene with Jolie Richardson, who played my wife, Mm -hmm. and then four hours later, I'm doing some completely silly thing with Julian it's more like black humor and kind of not, not farce, but kind of sort of farcical sometimes. And, and to be able to do that kind of range on a show, it's just rare. And, uh, it, to do that for, you know, six and a half years was pretty amazing. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because I've had, I've had almost, you know, over 400 actors on the show and we've talked about their careers and everything. And there's only been a few, like you that that have had the opportunity i mean a lot of them been in been hundreds of shows but i mean you've had the opportunity to have uh you know like uh gabriel's fire uh 22 episodes and and brooklyn south 22 episodes and nip tuck over 100 episodes and 61 for unforgettable i mean actors would die for that <laughs> right
0: right. And i know i know And, you know, while you're doing them, each one, you don't know how long it's going to last. And the other thing people don't really understand, but, you know, you're in it and you're stressed. You don't, you know, oftentimes you've had to move somewhere for that show. Not all the time, but for unforgettable, I moved back to New York. Um, And you're doing a show one at a time and you don't know if it's going to get picked up for another season. You don't know how long it's going to go. And uh, it's, it's, You look back and we know Nip Tuck ran for a while, uh, six and a half seasons, but each year you weren't sure you, you couldn't really be positive you were coming back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I look back on things like even Gabriel Spire, 22 episodes. Uh, I moved to LA to, to the first time I moved there to do for work and I remember it well, you know?
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, that's an incredible uh, amount of work that you've you've been able to do. And uh, like I say, you know, to people, to to have a chance to at least uh, stay in one place, I guess, would be a, a nice thing when you're doing. You know, you know where you're going every day for a while, anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what, and and it worked well. Uh, I Was living in L.A. for for uh, Nip Tuck, and so that was a good run of seven years where my family felt very kind of settled and mm-hmm. you know, it was a good routine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now getting back to C street, uh, where was that, uh, filmed? Were you in LA or New York or in Brooklyn? And I had just,
0: I was living in Brooklyn. So, um, it was fun to shoot there. Uh, yeah, that, you know, we shot in Fort green Brooklyn. We, uh, the apartment actually was in prospect Heights, I believe. And, um, they all, the locations had to be pretty close together. Cause as I say, keep reminding you it, we, we had to move along fast and shoot a lot each day. Um, but it was fun to shoot around Brooklyn. Mm,
1: yeah. And, and like you say, four days, that's an incredibly fast pace. You have to be, <laughs> you gotta be moving all the time with that. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. But I, it's a pace that, that I respond to creatively because like I said before that there's something you can't fool around with it you can't say oh well what if we try this or why don't we argue about this for a while you just have to jump in and start just going on your instincts okay I think I should move over here uh when he does that I think I better do this and and you start making your decisions quickly and they come I think from a more instinctive place and and uh sometimes look look the big movies are fun they can be pretty tedious because you're spending maybe the same amount of Four days to do one of those scenes. I mean, and then right. it's just, it's it's too much. And and uh, I like the fast pace.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, are there anything else that you've got coming up that you can let us know about, or?
0: You know, I've been doing a variety of things. Yeah, I, I'm I'm always looking for my next regular TV series. But in the meantime, uh, I just did a great little role on this, uh, mini series called when we rise that Gus Van Zandt, um, is doing. And, uh, we shot that in Vancouver. It's about the gay rights movement. And I play actually my character is a real person. So that was a challenge. Um, it was completely the doctor, one of the first doctors to diagnose and, and figure out that something very strange and different is going on with these cases, AIDS cases. And, so that was fun. And then in between that, I did a few episodes of Longmire where I play an Irish mob guy, uh, mm-hmm. totally. Again, I love the contrast, totally different kind of role. Um, and I just finished a episode on designated survivor, the Kiefer Sutherland show that's just starting. Dude. And I played a Navy SEAL commander. So I'm getting my, <laughs> I'm getting my workouts as an actor. Yeah. Um, And it's really just kind of fun to do because I know hopefully sooner or later I'll settle into some new long running thing Mm -hmm. and it's nice to kind of stretch it all out first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, Dylan, I'd like to finish up with two final questions Okay, taking us away from your acting C street, which is out now on video on demand. People can watch that and get a kick out of that one. But, um, when you sit back and relax, what do you watch on TV? What are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: Wow. Well, let's see. I'm I'm always the last person to see a really good show. And I don't know what that is. Me too. <laughs> but like Sopranos, I was late too. And then I was one of the, I just it really, I felt like was the best show ever on TV. I am only now watching Game of Thrones, which is, clearly the best show on TV it's amazing mm-hmm. um, but also uh, we watched the affair thought yeah. that was interesting and how they could possibly sustain that um, bloodline we watch and really enjoy um, movies well there's sadly I haven't seen many movies lately um, one of the reasons I, I wanted to do C Street is because I just think it's sad that the so so often now, movies are Spider Man Six or. Mm-hmm. Damn, you know, I
1: know, I know what you Marvel. mean.
0: <laughs> and so that when one comes along that goes against that grain, and 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 honestly, when they do, sometimes it's to a fault, you know. Um, But I appreciate it. So I appreciated that C Street. I liked the storytelling. That it wasn't a formula, the way these other movies have to be. So I, this is all a long way of saying I haven't seen a movie in a while. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, do you have a favorite movie that, uh, if you ever see it pop up on TV, that you just got to sit down and watch it?
0: Yeah, I've got a handful of them. I mean, I hate to uh, say it, but Citizen Kane, I will never first forget the first time I saw it, I was in college. And to sit in the theater and that story, the way it was told in a different way, and I... I I still am mesmerized by how amazing it was and how, what they were able to do at a time when they hadn't been doing all those things technologically. Uh, that's still, it's my favorite. I know it's on the top of lists and people, a lot of people say that, but, um, I remember, I remember sitting in the theater and, and watching it. So that's a favorite raging bull. And, you know, I, I, I think, um, my guys are probably the same as, Any other actor my age, it would be Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino and De Niro and Meryl Streep and Robert Duvall. The Godfather movies I have to watch if I'm turning the channels and one happens to be on. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Dylan, uh, I want to make sure that everybody goes and takes a peek at, uh, on video on demand right now, is C Street. and See you on there and get a get a good laugh at uh, at seeing you in a different type role than we usually are seeing you in, and uh, I thank you so much, I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us Well,
0: thank you for talking to me, and you know it is a fun movie, and especially right now with the election, it's, it's kind of a good to have a laugh, a good honest laugh, <laughs> about how messed up politicians can be mm-hmm. so hopefully people will check it out, but thank you very much for having me
1: Big thank you going out to Dylan Walsh for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Of course, uh, like I said, he's in Nip Tuck. He's you know one of the stars of that. Unforgettable. He's been in most recently and C Street. You got to check that one out. Available on video on demand right now, so you can check that out and get uh, a good laugh on that one. It's uh, C Street. Check it out. Well. We've got a lot of things coming your way in the next couple of weeks. we got a lot of great guests coming our way, so get ready for that. If you have a suggestion for a guest, you can send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about finding that person and getting them on the show right here at On Screen and Beyond. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you are on iTunes, leave a review. And uh, that's about it. That's a wrap. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen... And beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.